So today we're talking to Yehonatan uh, from Psychognito, which is uh, one of the closure shops in Israel, or maybe the only one. And um, welcome to the show, first of all. Yeah, glad to be here. On the <laughs> sure. other side of the of the curtain. <laughs> yeah. And today we're going to talk about uh, Clipsa and what can you do with it and how this maybe works and just try to explore it and maybe how you can use it on your blog because it's, is it mainly about blogging? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so wh if we talk about Clipsa, where would we start? What would be, uh, I don't know, the good way to go into the topic and just try to understand it? Yeah, so first of all, I pronounce Clips. I say, okay, good, clips. I'll try to correct myself, yeah. And, and actually, when you ask what it's about, I, I uh, hesitated because my struggling with clips is to, 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 to find the best way to market it because it's more uh, a generic tool than a product. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, and I, I, I was... I was not able to really find a way to market it as a product so it would get even broader usage. Mm -hmm. So I, I, would, I would start by explaining what is the technology behind and what the possible usage is. And, uh, sure. So basically, Clips is a way to uh, evaluate pieces of code, code or code snippets in many languages right in the browser. Mm -hmm. uh, you can when, when you say when you say many languages, which languages do you have in mind? Uh, okay, so I have to go back to the clips repo and check because there's so many of them that I don't remember. I so see. of course we have Clojure, uh, JavaScript, mm -hmm. uh, PHP, Ruby, C Lua, Python, Scheme, Prolog. Common Lisp. Oh, wow. BrainTrack. Uh, <laughs> SQL, in a sense. Mm, I think that's it. Okay. Uh, so, OCaml, like, sorry. OCaml, Reason. I, <laughs> I see. Uh, yeah. What started you on this path, actually, to even create this? What was behind all of the yeah, idea? So this I can tell the story. The story started in uh, 2017 when mm -hmm. I was developing Enclosure Script mm -hmm. as a rookie developer in Enclosure Script. And yeah. I had uh, something in the language, I think something about records or type, or I don't know exactly what. And I was curious, I wanted to find a way to see the transpiled JavaScript. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I could write a piece of code in my project and see how it compiles and, and uh, explore the JavaScript file in the browser. But then, mm -hmm. but I wanted to find a way to, to explore uh, how ClojureScript is transpired in isolation, not as part of a, of a project. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was uh, surprised to find, to discover that there were no tool then back in 2017. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I decided to develop a tool, a web tool, uh, where I could go in a URL with a small box. I would uh, type piece of ClojureScript code, 
press a button and see the transpile JavaScript. Mm -hmm. And actually, it was very, very, very uh, simple to develop. It took, I don't know, two hours maybe to develop the tool. Mm -hmm. So I was really, really excited. Uh, back then, I didn't have a blog. I didn't have any website that I built for my, for my own. So I just mm -hmm. upload a website and a web app in a sense, a closure script app. And it's still uh, there until today. It's, the URL is app.clips.tech. And if you go there, you can type any piece of closure script code and you will see on the right the transpiled JavaScript. Mm -hmm. um, so how does this work under the hood? Yeah, so there is this thing in uh, in uh, in uh, in Closure Script that I think in in, in uh, one of the shows Mike Fikes talked about, which, that is the self-host Closure Script. Right. So in Closure Script, it is possible to evaluate and to transpile Closure Script code inside Closure Script. So just to clarify, when you develop on a regular uh, on on a project. Actually, the code, the closure script code is transpiled into JavaScript by a compiler that is written in closure, a JVM closure. Mm -hmm. uh, but there is a possibility to have closure script evaluates itself. Right. This is a bit mind bending, I believe, uh, when you think about this. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy stuff. It's. Uh, Eval that eval itself, and you can eval inside eval, and you can really get crazy. Or it reminds me of the movie, you know, the Inception movie, when there was mm -hmm, a dream right. into a dream, and the reality in a dream, and it's really, really confusing. <laughs> cool. Right. Um, so you created this uh, this tool to evaluate like uh, the JavaScript and just see the transpilation. Uh, but later on, I believe you thought, why not do this for other languages? Or what was the yeah, process so behind first this? First of one? all, I, 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 I built a tool as a web app. And then I started to mm -hmm. blog. So three or four years ago, I started to, to blog about what I discovered about ClojureScript. And mm -hmm. the way I did that at the beginning, was to embed an iframe of the, the web app into my blog posts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was not the best way to do that, but it was the only way for me to do that at the moment. And I wrote a couple of uh, popular blog posts where, and I think it was the first time where people see right into a blog post, real code evaluated. Because in mm -hmm. most technical blog posts, you have dry code you have code snippets that are not evaluated right. yeah and, or and me, for me as a reader, sorry no no go ahead i'm sorry for me as a reader it's uh, it's always frustrating because if i want to to check that the code works as the blog writer pretends it works i have to copy paste the piece of code into another environment or if i want to change a bit to 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 uh, explore further other possibilities based on the on the code snippet that are shared. I have to create an environment where, and it's it's always uh, it requires lots of effort. So usually I don't do that. Yeah, I mean this is the scenario when someone actually do this in text, but there are also some blocks where you just have like a screenshot from a text editor. 
Yeah, and, and, uh, that, I guess that's even worse. Uh, how how about like in general? So if I so now you said it was an iframe, right? Uh, but currently you don't have to use iframe. You just you just embed like a JavaScript snippet, right? Yeah. So after a couple of months, uh, I say to myself, what uh, that there, there there should be a better way instead of mm -hmm. iframe. So I de develop another project, the Clips plugin. We are using the same technology, the same uh, Salesforce technology. I did a, um, I did a better integration for blog post. So the way it works mm -hmm. is that there is like a closure script project, a small one that uh, discovers uh, code snippets in the web page as it is configured by the blog author. So for example, you could say, Every div that has the class clips should be considered as a closure snippet. And then the, the plugin would go over all those snippets. So the mm -hmm. HTML elements that correspond to the definition in the setting, so for example, the class clips, and it will clipsify them, transform, transform them into um, Uh, snippets that are evaluated by the self-host technology, self-hosted closure script technology. Mm -hmm. So did I did I get this right? You need to create, you need to put a class name, uh, clips, and then this would sort of it will scan the website and then look for the class name, and then it will put this in a, inside this editor. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay, exactly. So for 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 an author, it really requires almost zero effort. effort. You, you just write your snippets, you embed them into a class, whatever you decide was the name of the class. And usually mm -hmm. blog platforms have their own ways to, to mark uh, snippets so that, they are, so, that, so that the syntax is highlighted or a bit right. identified, but not evaluated. So in a sense, Clips is an enrichment of syntax highlighting tools. It does that syntax highlighting. It allows the readers to edit the snippets and it evaluates the code. And it works mm -hmm. almost the same way. The only thing that you have to do as a blog author is to include a, a JavaScript tag that refers to the Clips plugin. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, how about styling or anything like if I want to style this, let's say, uh, clips to correspond to my own like website design yeah. and stuff like this? Yeah, you can do that. The reason why you can do that is that under the hood clips, uh, the syntax highlighting that clips does is delegated to Code Mirror, which is a tool, mm -hmm. a JavaScript tool for code editing. And it's highly configurable. So you just add your custom CSS at, at the code mirror level. And if mm -hmm. you want to, for example, by default, the clip snippets, the result of the snippets appears below the code. If you want it to appear to the right of the code or on the top of the code or to the left of the code, also it's configurable. I see. Mm -hmm. What other configuration options can I set up there? Is there anything else? Yeah, uh, there are many of them. But before mm -hmm. that, I think I need to mention uh, 
if I go back to my story, so after a couple of months, I say to myself, why limit myself to closure script? I could be, after all, I love closure, but closure is a language with a small community. I, I could become really, really famous if I were able to target <laughs> a bigger community of developers, JavaScript community, mm -hmm. for instance. Mm -hmm. And in JavaScript, the technology or the, the similar technology to the self-hosted closure script is simply the eval function that is part right. of JavaScript. So it's even simpler. So again, within a few hours of work, I was able to add a new language to Clips, mm -hmm. uh, JavaScript language. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, it got me quite famous, not rich, but quite famous. I was, I had the pleasure to, that my blog post where I introduced Clips for JavaScript was featured on uh, Acker News in the homepage for a couple of hours. And I had millions of readers to my, in my blog. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, not millions, but uh, thousands of, of readers. And it's really exciting, you know, as a developer, I've never, I'm not an entrepreneur, I didn't, uh, but to, to see that, you know, Google Analytics, that lots of people read your blog post is really, really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. So you have your moment of fame on the Hacker News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very short. It's really ephemeral. It's uh, <laughs> it's hard from a you know from a psychological perspective. You see yeah. a lot of readers, and then it goes down and down and goes back to zero. <laughs> right. I see. So uh, was this the similar story when you introduced any other like languages apart from JavaScript? Yeah, so it depends. You know, when I when I introduced OCaml, it was not the same reaction. But when I introduced uh, C++, it also had a big mm -hmm. impact. And also, you know, on Akernus, it's really a matter of luck because it depends what happens when you publish. So if you are lucky, there is no other uh, content, and then five people uh, yeah. give you uh, a like, and then it, it's like a, a bowl of right. of snow. Yeah, 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 you know that probably also. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Lua, uh, Lua, I think got uh, really interesting. Okay, now I have to mm -hmm. mention. So I mentioned the technology behind Closure Script evaluation. It's self-hosted Closure Script behind JavaScript. It's Eval. Yes. But for other languages, it's more uh, kind of tricky or interesting. Actually. Uh, I did nothing in terms of implement. I didn't develop any uh, interpreter. I took pieces of code already available, the open source code. And it's it's quite mm -hmm. amazing. I don't know if people know, but there are interpreters for many, many languages in JavaScript. So there are people mm -hmm. that decided to write a C++ evaluator in JavaScript. Yeah. I don't know why, but... It's there. And there is a Ruby interpreter in JavaScript. And there is a Python interpreter in JavaScript. And there is a Scheme interpreter in JavaScript. And there is a PHP interpreter in JavaScript. So yeah. every time I found a new interpreter in a language that seems known, I just added to Clips. And it's quite straightforward. Yeah. 
I remember being at a conference once, and uh, I don't remember what was the talk, but someone says, if something can be written in JavaScript, it will be written. Or if something can be written in any language, it will be written in JavaScript or something like this. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. And I think what you're just describing is just proof of that. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you currently have uh, a lot of those languages and what's, are you planning to extend Clipsa in any way? Or uh, I think the most common use case would be if you want to blog about code, you would just include, as we talked about the JavaScript snippet and then it would take over. Uh, are, did you find any other use cases of Clips uh, that people use that you were surprised that they are using it this way? Uh, yes. So there are people that build real applications on top of, mm -hmm. of Clips where they want to allow students, for example, to, to submit homeworks. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there are other examples, but I cannot remember uh, i did an integration of clips with uh, a, a code code codox uh, closure documentation tool i think it's the name is codox codox um is this from uh james reeves yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a closure mm -hmm. it's to generate closure documentation right and actually i made a plugin to codox so that if you include in your doc string a markup and for mm -hmm. code snippet, when you open Codocs, the HTML page of the Codocs generated documentation, you will see live examples of your code. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, uh, an interesting usage because then when the user just read your documentation, you can play with your API right into the the browser. Again, mm -hmm. you don't have to download any tool to download the project or whatever. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, so you mentioned the use case on the blog post and then also in this kind of learning platforms where people can evaluate the code. So I believe this is like totally sandboxed, right? There is no, are there any security concerns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's, that's a great question. That's really a great question. And uh, after that, we need to go back also to the configuration option, the question you asked me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, when, when I saw that there were uh, many, many people using clips in their uh, personal blog posts, I started mm -hmm. to think that it will be really interesting, interesting to integrate clips with um, platforms like Medium. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hello. Medium author to include clip snippets. Mm -hmm. uh, and actually, it cannot work. The reason is that there is, like you said, a security issue. Mm -hmm. And let me try to explain. Basically, mm -hmm. uh, an author could write any piece of code that runs on the, uh, on the web page as a clip snippet. So any piece of code could be evaluated and even malicious piece of code. So mm -hmm. when I am on my own blog, I won't write malicious piece of code because I don't want to attack my own website. But on Medium, I would a malicious Medium user might want to attack Medium and could leverage clips to attack 
mm-hmm. medium. So it's not sandbox in any way. You know, it's just JavaScript that runs in the browser. So any piece of JavaScript code could run as a clip snippet. And that's for the same reason in medium, you cannot embed a JavaScript file. You can embed only content and videos and images. So they restrict the kind of content that you can embed in a medium article. And mm-hmm. code is not allowed. Uh, and I, 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 I explored a bit if there, if, there, if there is a technology that could somehow sandbox JavaScript code so that, in a sense, uh, only safe JavaScript code could run. There is something, but it's not uh, 100% uh, error-prone. So, mm-hmm. so that's and why... What are, yeah, what are the main security concerns here? What's the... the, the I think the main one, but the simplest one to understand is you can steal cookies. Mm-hmm. So if I write a, pix, a clip snippet that sends cookies to a malicious website, let's say in a Medium article, then... Uh, when a reader will open my article, it will send his medium cookies and uh, credentials to my website. So I can mm-hmm. st- steal identities like that. Mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're mentioning that there is a configuration option for this? Or? Yeah, so there are many, many, that, that's interesting. You know, it's like uh, when you think about a REPL, it's, uh, it's the basic stuff is really simple, mm-hmm. but then it... Uh, uh, there are many interesting options. So, for example, if you have um, a blog post with many snippets, uh, you might want snippets to uh, to run again and again. For example, I have a blog post where I display random colors. In the so there is a piece of code that pick a random color and display it in a grid, for example, and it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one way to, uh, let's say, change the color every second is to write a loop inside my code. But Clips mm-hmm. actually allows you to evaluate again and again the same snippet. So if, for example, you just uh, write a code that pick up color and draws a rectangle of this color, and you specify the Clips option that say evaluate this code again and again every second, it mm-hmm. will change the color every second mm-hmm. without requiring the author to, to write the, the, the loop in, in code, just as configuration. Mm-hmm. Another option is you can specify after how many uh, seconds or milliseconds of idleness the code should be evaluated. Uh, in my blog post, it's as the user type, after 100 milliseconds, the code is evaluated. But maybe someone would want to wait more or less. The the mm-hmm. feature I never implemented is a button for evaluation. So in, in clip snippets embedded in blog post, there is no button for evaluation. The evaluation mm-hmm. happens after one second of idleness. I see. Um, is was there any reason for that or laziness and nobody I... asked for that actually. <laughs> I see. Uh, so if I'm using Eclipse and we talk about there is one concern regarding the security, uh, is there anything else I should be aware of if I want to include uh, yes. times to 
Clips. I'm still keeping saying Clips, which is you correct me, it's Clips. Uh, if I want to include this, uh, what would be, uh, what should I be looking out for? Yeah. So if you are in uh, not in Closure Script, uh, I think you know everything. But in Closure Script, I have developed more uh, advanced features. Mm -hmm. In particular, you can uh, include code from third-party libraries, not only from the Closure core. For example, okay. let's say you want core async or core mm -hmm. match, or you want uh, data script, data script, or reagent, or whatever. Right. So some of the of those libraries are available uh, out of the box in Clips, and some of them are not available. And there are ways, and I try to explain that in the readme of how to do that. So it's it's doable. And it's, uh, I think it's, it's amazing that it works. I mean, it's not, uh, I, I, I just want to say a word about that, about how self-hosted closure script allows to require code third-party libraries. Mm -hmm. So the way it works is that by default in self-hosted closure script, if you require a namespace, it does nothing. But this nothing is configurable. So instead of doing nothing, you can say, call this function when every time a namespace is required, call this function. Mm -hmm. So let's take as an example, uh, I don't know, reagent. Let's say you write a clip snippet and you require reagent. Mm -hmm. Reagent is not part of Closure Core. Mm -hmm. what, what the self-hosted technology does is that it calls a callback, a function mm -hmm. that I have implemented inside Clips. And my implementation, what it does, it will go and look for reagent on GitHub and download the code from GitHub that corresponds to the reagent namespace. Mm -hmm. And for that to work, the user has to, or the, yeah, the Clips user has to define like a class path. What are the GitHub repositories we should look at for reagent? I see. So some of them has, are and, and are hard coded into clips, but virtually any repo could be uh, run in uh, in clips from GitHub. Right. The one, yeah, the one that runs on, of course, on the uh, JavaScript, right? Yeah, so the, the one that are, that are self-hosted compatible. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah and actually that's and a good point. When I say that clips uh, will uh, evaluate closure snippets, I'm I'm cheating a bit because it's not closure. It's closure script, and actually, it's not closure script. It's only closure script code that is self-host compatible. Right. Um, is there any way to quickly distinguish which code is, you know, uh, self-hosted compatible? How would I know if I yeah. can include something so or not? Let's start by the distinction between closure and closure script. Mm -hmm. I think there is in some website uh, list of distinction between closure script and closure. So basically, yes. files and you know future and pmaps. There is no stuff like that in closure script. Right. Uh, now the distinction between closure script and self-hosted closure script mainly it's when you deal with macros, because macros in closure script actually run in closure. 
Because mm -hmm. again, when you work on a closure script project and you have a macro, mm -hmm. actually you have to, to, the code of the macros should be stored in a CLJ file, not in a CLJS file. And the reason is that it's the macro code is interpreted or compiled by the closure compiler, not by the closure script compiler. So this cannot work in the browser you know, and, or in any self-hosted environment. And there are ways to make macro self-host compatible. But before that, we mentioned DataScript. Actually, DataScript is not yet self-hosted compatible because the way it deals with macro is not appropriate. So if your code is in ClojureScript with no macro, it will be self-host compatible. I see. If you have macros, there are ways to make uh, there is a great, great library called Makrovich. I see. Do you know this library? No, I don't. I okay, it's, it's based on the movie, you know, John Mal being John Malkovich. Yes. Which is also about craziness and dreams and recursion, whatever. So there yeah. is a library by Christoph Grant named Makrovich that allows you to write macro uh, and in the code of the macro, you can say, if you are in closure environment, do this. If you are in closure script environment, do that. And if you are in self-hosted closure script, do the third thing. I see. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's a short piece of code, but really, really deep and, and powerful. I see. Okay. Um, so uh, when I include clips on my website, so how, how you you supported so many? You said there are so many languages. Is this is it like one bundle, or do I include for a specific language? What's the size of the clips? So the core is uh, encoded into clips. The part mm -hmm. that is common, you know, the snippet uh, parsing and the clipsification and syntax highlighting, etc. So clips is zipped 820 kilobytes. I see. Mm -hmm. And if you want to use JavaScript, again, nothing is required, but let's say you want to write a Ruby snippets. Yeah. So when you, when you specify that you have a Ruby snippets, clips is smart enough to download the Ruby evaluator from somewhere. And the same mm -hmm. if you want a brainfuck snippet, it will download from somewhere, etc. So they are not bundled into uh, Eclipse runtime. I see. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe one more thing coming back to the inclusion of the library. So do you always put for pull from like GitHub the latest version of like reagent and stuff, or you base this on the hash or? Uh, so actually, the the libraries that are um, Embedded, in, not embedded, but that Clips is aware of the the closed list of library that Clips is aware of is from a, a repository of mine where I store not the code but the analysis cache. I see. So and then I have to go from time to time and to update those libraries. Mm -hmm. But if you want, if a user wants to take his library that I'm not aware of, he has to specify the GitHub pass. So if the GitHub pass is master, it will take the latest, but you can have a GitHub pass with a SHA so that the version mm -hmm. is the same. Yeah. It's a highly configurable. I see. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So I remember at the early days, there was a website that was evaluating sort of closure code on the browser. And it was done in a way, I think it, it was Fogus who created this. And he created uh, like a website, like a REPL on the browser, but it was going back to the server, evaluating the code, and you were just getting the result back. I, I cannot remember the address now, but I'll try to look it up. Uh, but this is not the case for clips, right? Yeah, exactly. So th that's an important difference. With clips, all the code evaluation is done on the client side. Mm -hmm. And there are many advantages of that. One is that it's much, 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 much faster because there is no round trip. Mm -hmm. And the second one is that you can play with the DOM. You can play with the browser. So you can write code snippets that draw, that manipulate the web page, that creates buttons, that handle buttons. Uh, and it opens the door for many, many uh, interesting uh, articles. And actually, there were there are some authors that write that uh, there is an author that wrote a very deep tutorial about reagent, mm -hmm. where you go over uh, many, many features of reagent with examples, clips, examples, and buttons, and uh, uh, code snippets that create buttons, and reagent uh, drop-down, and slider, and everything is created in the browser, and the reader can change the code and create different buttons and different sliders. and. So mm -hmm. It's really, really, uh, really, really cool. Mm. And it's not possible if the when the code is done, the code evaluation is done on the server. The only thing that we can do is, you know, send data and receive back data, which is interesting, but right. sometimes a bit boring. Right. Limiting. Yeah. Yeah. Limiting. Mm. Yeah. Um, so. So what's the status of Clips? Uh, or is there any other plans you want to take it somewhere that you're thinking about? Or um, So in terms of, let me sp uh, split the question into two parts. There is okay. this part of uh, supporting more fit, having a better integration with uh, Clojure, Clojure script. Mm -hmm. Uh, having more libraries, uh, self-host compatible, or finding interesting ways to to uh, download code. Because, for example, when there are transitive dependencies, the it doesn't work well currently in Clips. If you want to use a library A that uses library B that uses library C, it won't work well because Clips doesn't know where B is located and C is located, etc. So, mm -hmm. so there are a bunch of open issues on the Clips repo about that. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are also features that relate to, uh, to Clips just as a, as a code evaluator. For example, uh, an interesting uh, feature that was added by a contributor, not by me, is the possibility when a code snippet is changed, to evaluate again all the code snippets on the page. Mm -hmm. And it's, for example, let's say you have a snippet that defines a function, and just uh, below that, you have a snippet that uh, runs this function right. in two snippets. Before this yeah. feature was added, when you change the code of the function, you had to go to the second snippet and evaluate again the, the function code. 
this feature, every time you change the code, the, the code, then uh, every snippets uh, are evaluated. It works in a similar way. Do you remember there was this closure editor named uh, Light Table? Yes. And it, it has this feature, the Insta Repel feature, that mm -hmm. if you change a piece of code in the namespace, all the namespace is evaluated again. I see. Mm -hmm. So this is a feature that was uh, added recently. Added mm -hmm. new languages. It's always a good idea and welcome, and it's not too difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, if someone can find a way to, to address the security concern that we talked about, maybe by evaluating code in web workers instead of in the main window. Mm -hmm. uh, what else? So this is, this is what you're sort of looking for, contribution for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and actually, I, it's time to mention that uh, the issues that are open on clips they are retributed. So if someone solves an issue, he will get paid. It will be okay. fifty dollar, one hundred dollar, up to three hundred dollar, depending on the difficulty of the issue. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, sponsored not by me, but by Functional Works. Okay, cool. Shout out to Functional Works. Yeah. All right. Uh, so if I need any help or anything like this, where would be, what do, What are the channels to get in touch with? So there is the clips repo and uh, you can open an issue there. Mm -hmm. There is a clips channel on Slack, mm -hmm. the closure on Slack. I'm uh, quite responsive there. Mm, you can send me an email. Sure. Or on Twitter, I have my... Uh, is there anything else uh, worth to mention when we talk about clips uh, or should we slowly wind down? Uh, yes, I think something interesting, uh, this is what, that I, what I start with. I think I struggle a lot with the documentation and maybe that's where the, I would love to get some help because currently my documentation is in the README, the GitHub README, and it's written, you know, as a, like developers write documentation with just the list of features and not the rationale behind clips or the why, why it matters, mm -hmm. why it is important, yeah. what is the main use case. And I, and I'm str I struggle, I really struggle to, to make it easy to grasp what it is about. It's, in a sense, it's simple uh, and powerful uh, on one hand, but on the other hand, it's, it's complicated to grasp, especially mm -hmm. if you don't come from a, rip, uh, a REPL culture where you want code to be evaluated uh, everywhere. Uh, so that, that's, that's also uh, as, an open source, uh, as an open source, Project maintainer, that's also a lesson I, I learned, but not yet implemented. Mm -hmm. That the, the documentation or the readme should not be just describing the list of features of your tool. It explain why it is important. Right. Yeah, I think the gold standard in our community is the reframe documentation, right? We always refer to it as something amazing. Yeah. So yeah. 
Is there anything else you would like to talk about? Mm, I would really encourage the the, list, the listeners of this show to take the opportunity to write a blog post mm -hmm. with a few clip snip, uh, code snippets. It's really, really fun and enjoyable. And uh, maybe you'll make it on Hacker News. Uh, maybe one more question that, that just popped up on my radar lately. Aren't you working on like a new book? Yes, I'm, I, I'm writing on the new book. Mm -hmm. uh, so I started to write a book about closure. Yeah. And unfortunately, it didn't uh, go very well in terms of uh, pre-release uh, sales. Mm -hmm. So the editor and I decided to pivot into a, a book about data-oriented programming. Okay. Uh, and it's really, really interesting because for us, for closure developers, data-oriented programming is like we take, we take that for granted. We are educated to, to, to do data-oriented programming by the language itself. Mm -hmm. and, and even, I'm not sure that we, we are aware of that. And the purpose of the book is to, to spread the word to, uh, to other developers. And, and actually, I'm, I'm, I discovered that you can implement most of the data-oriented programming principles even in object-oriented programming mm -hmm. languages like Java or C Sharp. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, if someone is interested in the book, uh, what would be the best way to find it? Um, so, if you go to the to my blog, uh, I publish from time to time uh, excerpts from the book, and there is a mm -hmm. way to register to a mailing list that you will get notified when the book is uh, on sale. Okay. Uh, we will include a link in the show notes so people can find it easily. So, no, just to mention that the inspiration for the beginning of Clips was with Closure and Closure Script, and there is, mm -hmm. but more, uh, but deeper than that, the inspiration for code evaluation everywhere came to me from the Ripple. Uh, Ripple right. always Ripple driven Ripple-driven development that we have in, yeah. uh, in closure, yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, that's in a sense that's sad. That uh, that's a bit sad that it's not uh, as popular in other uh, languages. Even in JavaScript, where it's really simple to evaluate JavaScript code, folks, mm -hmm. JavaScript folks are not as we are uh, around this uh, repel everywhere and evaluation and play with the code mm. in isolation. Mm. Yeah. yeah and the, absolutely. I can conclude by saying that the best way to learn something is to teach it or to write a blog post on it. Every, right. I wrote, I don't know, maybe a hundred blog posts and, uh, mm. Each one of them taught me something. I thought I knew the topic, and then when I started to, to, to try to explain it, I discovered that I needed to, to get deeper in the topic. Thank you for sharing all of the information about Clips and giving the advice. Uh, and it's been a pleasure to talk to you about uh, all of this stuff. And yeah, good luck with the book again. And yeah, I look forward to it. 
So after we recorded the podcast, the book actually got published and you can check it out at Manning. So this is data-oriented programming and the link is in the show notes. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, consider supporting it by rating on the platform you're listening to, sharing with others and supporting it directly by buying some video courses and learning ClojureScript and Clojure. You can check out the courses at jacekshe.com. That is J-A-C-K-S-C-H-A-E.com. Thanks.